Hey friends, welcome to episode 18 of Sprouting in STEM, the podcast about young people in science. I'm Audrey Farrell. I'm Matthew Murphy, and today we talked about scheduling your time. <laughs> that felt really short, you're right. <laughs> See? Also, the arm motions are really, really in it tonight. That's fine. Yeah. Case closed? Yeah, I guess. See you next week. <laughs> For some reason, as a kid, my biggest fear was always my parents falling asleep and me being awake and then someone breaking into the house. Big, um, of all the things a kid could be scared about, breaking your entering. it's a robbery. <laughs> I was scared of going blind. Like, a lot. Yeah. As a kid. Yeah. Yeah, because my, my eyesight started getting really bad really fast. Mm. And then I WebMD'd it. Because of course I did, <laughs> and I learned all about like uh what was it, like macular degeneration and retinal detachments, and I just got horrified that I was going blind, and I like I'm not afraid of the dark, but I'm afraid of not being able to see. Yeah, I had actually thought about this. I forget when recently mm. about how going blind would really affect what we do. Yeah. Could you imagine coding while blind? Yeah, I think, I mean, there are obviously ways to do everything. And after um, I took a class with uh, with Meg Shadell. Did you take that class? No. Uh, she gave a lecture. She's like a, a music professor, but she does a lot of electronic stuff and composing and also data sonification. And so a lot of her work is obviously turning data into sound, because a lot of times your ears can pick up things that even your eyes wouldn't. And it makes certain kinds of plotting really a lot easier. And so she played us like the sound of a carbon nanotube. Like whatever, like electron microscope image or something. And it was so cool. And then she gave a... During a recitation, she talked to us about going to a conference on data sonification. That because of this... It was data sonification had a lot of blind presenters and a lot of obviously like blind scientists there because that's something that is interesting to them. And so she was talking about how she went to a talk given by a blind speaker and every time the slide changed, it played a little sound that mostly just sounded like a little blip, but the presenter had trained themselves to be able to parse very, very fast audio. So it was reading him the slide at like a hundred times speed. Which is wild to me. I think about it a lot. That's crazy. Yeah, so she had trained herself to hear things at up to like 40 times speed, but she never got that fast. But it's super cool. And like imagine if you could listen to like an audiobook. Just... And you're like done in like five minutes and it's like a 7,000 page book and you're like... Hmm? <laughs> I wonder how that would affect the way you enjoy it. Yeah, and like what the comprehension is like. Obviously, yeah. like if you couldn't comprehend it, it's not act- you're not actually reading it or parsing it. But right. so it wouldn't have worked. But like they're obviously reading it and like hearing it and comprehending everything enough to present the slide. And I'm sure there's some some of that is them preparing for it. Well, yeah. But uh, yeah, but, but yeah, the point still stands. Cool. That's it was impressive. Super cool. Yeah. And then, like, in the mindset of coding, you just have text-to-speech. And if you can play it at that high of a speed, then you could probably do it quite fast. Anyway. (laughs) 
Do we want to do we want to start start the do the uh, the you know the um the topic? Say that again. <laughs> so this week we're taking a listener request. Listener request. I feel like we should have a theme song or something. A uh, jingle. We already have a jingle. So do we need another one? <laughs> like a listener request. Jingle. At least a little sound clip. Don't ask me to find something when I'm editing. I won't. Why not? Because it's work and I'm tired. <laughs> I'm having a very sleepy day. You're not editing this right away. Yeah, I'm editing it on my Saturday afternoon. Is that better? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so so we uh, put out a an Instagram story last week. When was that? Last week? Two weeks ago? I, don't know, I think it was last it. week. Um Reaching out to you guys to see what you wanted to hear about this this semester since we were starting up the podcast again. And uh, one of you requested that we talk about course selection, like like planning what you're going to take every semester. And since we're on our last semester and are therefore done with course selection for undergrad, then I I feel technically qualified enough to... uh, to answer this question if we're not qualified enough already we will never be i know we've we've course selected for eight semesters now and we've done okay assuming we graduate well seven i don't really count the first one because they kind of did that for us oh no i fought for my schedule really yeah um yeah your first semester you choose during orientation usually but i had to i had to fight with the orientation people to let me get transfer credit for one of my math courses then i had to fight with the math department over what class i would take because i when i came in i thought it would be a math and physics double major and so i was like well it feels wrong to not take a math class at all because i think i'm a math major (laughs) and so i had to like find a weird math class and that's when i ended up taking that like very odd advanced topics in mathematics course that was a little bit nightmarish and made me realize I wasn't a math major. <laughs> yeah, when did you drop that? My math major? I never actually declared it. Uh, I gave up on it within a year. Though. Okay. Yeah, because I remember meeting you for the first time. It might not have been the first time, but it was pretty early on. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, or at least I heard about you. Being a math major. You and your math major. Because you took like Calc 4 in the first year. Yeah. 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 Because I, I, I took Calc 3 in high school out of college and so i i knew i was good at calculus i was quite good at calculus and so i was like you know maybe i love i like i love math in the in the context that i have used math Mm -hmm. therefore i should be a math major turns out math's got a lot of shit i hate (laughs) 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 like i do not enjoy topology i don't enjoy like any of the real like theoretical well all math is like theoretical but you know like calculus is a tool to use for physics and that is how I had always used it, and I was good at it. But that is not enough of a reason to be a math major. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're going to talk a little bit about, about choosing courses this week and about uh, making up your schedule and making time for research as well on top of that, because we've both been doing that for a while. Mm-hmm. So how did you, how'd you pick your courses, Matt? Well, first got to know what you want to do. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the most important part. Step one, figure it out. And I know it's not always the case where you come into college knowing Mm. precisely what major you're going to do. You might find, you might think coming in that this is what you love and this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life Mm. and then completely change direction. 
Yeah, I mean, I changed... Uh, obviously, I came in thinking I was going to be a math and physics double major, and then I dropped the math bit. I also came in, and you have to... Uh, one thing you have to do when you're planning your courses is make sure you're satisfying your, your like, gen ed requirements, right? And so I took Chinese for, for two semesters to satisfy my language requir- requirement my first year, and I loved it so much. It was so fun. I w- would still love to keep learning Chinese, but... Uh, then I decided I wanted to do a Chinese minor with my math and physics double major. You overachiever. I know, because I'm extra like that. So I decided that's what I wanted to do. But the Chinese minor here is not a Chinese language minor. It's like a Chinese cultural studies minor. So really, I was only required to do those two semesters that I had already done. And then it was a bunch of history courses that I was not really into. So I took one of them and decided it was not for me. And then I added my music theory minor. So it took it took me like a year and a half to actually figure out what my full like degree would be in. Yeah. And I kind of, uh, my situation <laughs> was a little different because I came in, well, in high school, I knew I wanted to do like an astrophysics type field, mm-hmm. but that wasn't really something Stony Brook has like in a conglomerate. Yeah. So I just went with physics. And then I added astronomy in my second year here. Mm-hmm. And then I don't have a minor. Yeah. But uh, about a year ago, I had this whole crisis where, like, I really wanted to work at NASA. Mm-hmm. But, like, going through all their job listings and then various listings, like, different private space corporations. Yeah. It was all, like, engineer. We want an engineer. We want an engineer. So I got like really worried that I wasn't doing enough. Mm. So I debated adding a mechanical engineering minor. Oh my God. <laughs> no, you'd perish. So I sent an email to the their department advisor. I was like, hey, do you think it'd be possible for me to do that? Like I already have two majors. Um, do you think it'd be possible to include the minor like this late into my career? She was on vacation, never got an email back, and I just kind of <laughs> dropped it from there. Good though. Uh, I think... The the biggest thing you need to think about when you're planning out your schedule, especially early on, is is just credits. Because this is something you don't think about when you're in high school, especially. Like, like when you're in college, your classes have credits, and they are worth different amounts, and you take a different number of credits each semester, essentially, based on what you pick. So a full-time student takes 12 credits or more. Yeah. I've never taken as low as 12 credits. 12 uh, credits is a pretty low minimum. Yeah. I know, but... Then again, if you think about it, the people we hang out with are overachievers. And so it's normal for us to be taking 18 to 20 to 22 credits, which is ridiculous. Don't do that. Um, But like 15, 14 or 15, it's it's like normal for a number of credits. And and generally like uh, one like full time, like full on class is what, three credits? Usually. Usually three credits. And then if it's like extra hard or if it has a lab component, it's four credits. We Have we taken that many four credit classes that weren't just labs? Was 341, was analysis a four credit course? I don't remember. I feel like it might have been. I don't know. But... um. Oh, Coke 4 is a four credit. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I knew I took a four credit math course. Yeah, yeah. So some of the some of the upper upper level calculi... Calculi? <laughs> <laughs> calculuses are our four credits calculate if you will 
Yeah, so if if you're taking 12 credits, that's four classes. Mm -hmm. If you're taking 18 credits, that's that's six. So, like, vaguely. And then you've got, like, my I'm in the music department, so I have a lot of one and two credit courses. Like, my harmony course is only two credits. Orchestra is only one credit. You just meet for three hours once a week at night. <laughs> that's, that's something to consider. And then uh, every credit is supposed to equal four hours of work both in class and out of class so if you're taking 20 credits that's technically like theoretically an 80 hour work week which is a lot <laughs> that's two full-time jobs and i don't think that that's a very accurate correlation yeah it's, it's at least not, not in right. my experience but it gives you a general idea of the rigor of the course yeah it it helps to vaguely think about it. Like, I've only had a few classes that I think the actual, like, credit approximation has been accurate. And yeah. I, I honestly, I don't know if I even have had one. I've had some that have gotten closer. And some that have been none of the work that they stated via credit. But when you're, when you, especially when you're, like, first coming into college, that's, like, it's a good way to think about it. Because mm -hmm. you don't want to start out doing 20 credits and then realize... And then, like, for me, I've also worked a job most of the time. So, like, you're doing 20 credits, and you're also trying to get money to live, and then you're also trying to do research. It will fall apart really mm -hmm. quickly if you mm -hmm. jump in to 20 credits. So, I think my, my first semester, I did 17 or something. We have my document. I don't know. I'm like, 16, 16 or 17 credits, which yeah. seemed, seems like it was an all right amount. Because especially your freshman year, your classes aren't going to be killer. But, yeah, so I think, yeah, the, the when you're first picking classes, your major will have certain requirements. Your minor will have certain requirements. And then you have gen ed requirements. Like, we're both in the honors college at Stony Brook, so we have our own set of requirements that we have to satisfy through that. Right? Mm -hmm. So we don't actually, because of that, we don't have that much choice <laughs> in what we've actually taken, I feel like. The Honors well, College, the honors college a lot of Railroads, the... Uh, the Gen Ed stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then with our majors, we don't really have much time <laughs> yeah. in terms of, like, allowed credits to do anything else. Yeah, like, you can really tell my freshman year was more loosey-goosey than it is now. Yeah. Because my freshman year, I had so much choice. I was so excited to, like, pick classes. I don't feel like I pick classes anymore. No, you just take, My like, classes are picked left. for me. But, um, like, my freshman year, I, I took Chinese, I took a bunch of music credits, and I took, um, like, a comp sci course, and I took math courses, and I took physics courses. So, like... It was pretty well-rounded. And uh, we had our writing courses that we were mm. required to take and then our honors college courses that we were required to take. And then a practical thing with each course having sometimes a different like number of credits for it mm. is that, and this usually doesn't apply when like you're just entering college in your first few years, but it could catch up with you later on in like your years three and four is that when you're enrolling, there's typically a credit limit mm -hmm. with how many you can take, like oh, at enrollment, and then I later have on the credit limit so much. Yeah, yeah. So you are only allowed to enroll in a certain amount of credits on the, like the first enrollment date. Like if you're enrolling for spring, then it's like in like October or November. So you you can only enroll to like a cap, and then you have to wait until like a week before the semester before it goes back up to add the rest of your courses. So if you're taking like, the cap's usually what seventeen or eighteen. I believe it's 18, yeah, and then it so, goes up to 21 yeah, or 23. Yeah, 21. 
Yeah. I think. So if you are planning to take a number of courses and let's say you can get into all of them except like two mm. that are kind of teetering around the credit limit and you know, one fills up pretty quickly and the other really doesn't, mm -hmm. then you really got to learn how to prioritize and decide between those two to add yeah, it's like, which of before these courses and after the limit. Definitely won't fill up. Yeah. It's probably like one of these. It's probably one of my music classes won't fill up. So I'll wait to add my music class until like January and it will still have space in. Like I think us being in physics, we haven't had that much trouble getting into courses. No. Like I know I know people in like in, in the biology department that's like way more saturated. They'll they'll have trouble getting into required courses. But also if you don't get into a course and you email the like professor or someone in the administration being like, Hey, I need this to graduate they'll they'll let you into it most of the time. Because that's been a huge problem with our honors courses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the honors college a lot of times doesn't have enough seats for the number of people in the program <laughs> to to take the courses they're required to take. So you we've so many times just emailed the director of the program being like, "Hey, I need this. Let me in." And then they do. <laughs> it's, I, like at this point, I don't know why they even have a cap on it because they're just gonna let in the people that need to take it. And then another thing you got to really pay attention to is the f how often your courses are offered oh yeah and that really largely depends on the size of your department i've been let down by that so many times yeah of being so excited to take like a cool especially upper division courses once you get to like the 400 level courses like your senior junior and senior year mm -hmm. you're like oh they're offering like a super cool course on like accelerator physics i'm so excited to take this and then you realize it's only offered every like four years and you missed it mm-hmm yeah, so there there are a bunch of different places you can look at what courses are actually offered. So, like, once you know your major, and once you know, like, what minors you're doing, then you start looking at course catalogs and, yeah. and like, undergraduate bulletins. And then you start digging through and being like, oh, that sounds super cool. And then you realize it's not offered, that you, you want to take it, and then you're never going to get to take it. And then you cry for a little bit. Yeah, and that is especially hurtful when those courses are major requirements. Yeah. Because I know that's how some of the like the core three or i think it's four now astronomy courses are offered on a two-year cycle oh really yeah oh, so wow. if you don't time it right you're you're not going to graduate with the major yeah but they're also really good at kind of alerting soonest to that and every year they have a little town hall meeting where they go through all the requirements and they give you the schedules of all the courses they're going to take mm. just so that you're fully at least you should be fully aware of how everything is timed so you could plan it out pretty well in advance yeah i feel like i've never had like since freshman year at least i've never had that much choice yeah in, in what i've been taking like in in physics it everyone basically does the same thing which is like first year's classical one and two for each semester and then you get your introduction to modern physics and then you get your stuff that's more like calc 3 differential equation stuff which for us is like waves and optics and then your junior year you do classical mechanics and electromagnetism again but harder this time <laughs> and then you do like your your quantum mechanics your thermodynamics and then senior year's upper divisions so like uh, that's pretty standard for physics it's the basic block of i cannot speak for literally any other science <laughs> um 
it's like it's it's pretty much a railroad track like you like you don't really get to sidestep things i know a few people who have like gotten a semester ahead by by taking things or like transferring in or messing with their first year Mm -hmm. but or if you do things in a summer or winter period yeah so like there are there are ways to get ahead but like especially if you don't want to pay tuition yeah during the extra semesters and those are typically reserved for the more introductory courses yeah as well yeah, so like they don't really offer any junior or senior level physics during the summer. So so there's only so much you can do to get ahead in our department, especially because it's smaller. And there's usually only one section yeah. of, of every class you need to take. And, and they know that you need to take them, so mm-hmm. they're not at the same time or anything. And until you get to the at least the 300 levels, mm-hmm. everything is a re- pre-requirement for the next thing. Yep. So you can't jump and skip around no, for you what can't. you want to do. There's only a few things you can do to change your schedule in physics, which is why you and I know each other so well, because our schedule's been literally the same since freshman year. <laughs> yeah, except for this semester. Except for this semester, which is semester, why... This semester, we don't have classes together. Hi, how are you? It's been a while. I, I haven't know. seen you. <laughs> I haven't seen you since Sunday. Do you know how weird that is? Oh my God, I, have, I just got my first relativity assignment. And I'm worried because I can't, like, rely on you for help. <laughs> My help on relativity, you wouldn't get me our, <laughs> if I our, were in the course. Our big key reveal of today's lecture mm-hmm. was that everything we know, we thought we knew about vectors is wrong. Wow. You know you know the gradient of a scalar function? <laughs> Do you think that's a vector? I thought it was. It's not. Ooh. It's a covector, which oh, is completely shit. different from a vector. <laughs> For all you non-physics people out there, I apologize. <laughs> but um, what were we talking about? Courses. Talking about when your courses are offered. Yeah. How do you keep track of what you still do? You have I know you do, but do tell I? the audience about your document. <laughs> My document. I have had one document since freshman year, first semester, called academic planning. That's a document that I should have I should have made it a spreadsheet. I don't know why it's not a spreadsheet, but it's a Google Doc that I've like manually sized to fill the whole screen instead of just a page and then added a big table to and it's all color coded. So I have like all of the courses I take every single semester and then they're color coded by like my major, my minor, honors college requirements and then like extras. And it's essentially where I've planned all my courses every single year. But usually what I do is a little bit before, like, course registration comes up, they they post, like, just, like, a PDF of all the course offerings for that year. Um, and then later than that, they post, like, the schedule builder thing where you can actually, like, put in your all the courses you want to take and see the different versions of your schedule. But before that comes out, because I'm me, I do it by hand. <laughs> and I see when all the courses I wanted to take that are on my document are offered and if they will physically work together, if I can actually be in all the places that I need to be to take those courses, and then I'll like make any adjustments I need, which I haven't needed to make that many adjustments i feel like a lot of people have like the full-on crisis where they're like none of the classes i was planning on taking are when i can take them and all this shit but then i've known other people that are like i only have classes two days a week because i could manipulate my schedule like that so a lot of it depends on like what department you're in and how big it is and what kind of course requirements because different majors have different amounts of credits that you need to take like Mm -hmm. physics is on the higher end of credits you actually need to take and like 
of the credits you need to take as a physics major, like, you don't get choice in most of them, except, like, at the very end. We're, we're finally, it's our last semester, we finally have some choice <laughs> as to what classes we could take. Like, I feel like we didn't really, like, we picked to take quantum last semester. Yeah. We could have not done that. Yeah, the really everything that's not a 400 level course you have no choice to take yeah except for the senior lab yeah i don't know if that's a 400 level or not senior lab is a 400 okay i had it today see luckily i don't have to take that (laughs) yeah so so we have we haven't gotten much choice in planning our schedule but i have my whole little document my color-coded document keeping track of everything i've taken and then tallying up how many credits that would be in a semester um which, I mean, is one way to do it. I I prefer, though, like, obviously I keep track of it that way. But then I, the first thing I do once I have that is that I put it all into a Google Calendar, like, for a week to see what my actual schedule would be like. And if they have room numbers, I'll see where on campus I'll be at different times. Because there's something to be said for how terrible you feel when you have to run across campus in seven minutes. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. for me, because I'm a music minor, but I am a physics major, they're on opposite sides of campus. Like, I, I run from Staller to physics all the time. <laughs> and it sucks. So, I like, I, it's not that I can control it that much, but I at least like to see when I have to do that. Yeah. This semester, I don't really have to do it that much. So, I like to put it all into a calendar, because then I can actually see where I have free time and mm-hmm. like what my work schedule is going to be. Cause I, I get my course schedule before I schedule work and then I plan research time after that, which is probably not how my priorities should be, but like it is. It's kind of the way it has to be. Yeah. Like, like I don't get much say in my course schedule. Yeah. I should probably plan research after that and then plan work, but I need to make money to live. Right. So, and then also sort of related to that, uh, depending on where you live on campus <laughs> really depends or really impacts when you get to eat like oh within yeah. your course schedule. I kind of have a lunch break uh, three days of the week this semester, which is pretty nice. That's like nice. 30 minutes to eat. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of nice. <laughs> and then also like if you live in a cooking building, if you are on a meal plan, mm. like where the various dining locations are on campus. Yep. That all plays into how happy you'll be with your schedule. Yeah, I feel like if you're on a meal plan, it's so much nicer when your schedule's busy. Right. Because you can just run to, like, the yeah. the dining halls are in pretty convenient locations. So you can just run on your way to class and, like, get some food and go. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I cook for myself. So if I don't pack food with me for the day, then I'm fucked. Like, <laughs> I packed, you know, I had a problem on Tuesday because my, my Tuesdays this semester, as they have for many semesters, go from 8.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. without time to go back to my apartment. So I, I like try and eat as big a breakfast as possible, and then I pack a lunch, and then I suffer. <laughs> but today, not today, uh, this week, I ended up carrying so much with me in my backpack that I, like, I had packed a lunch, and I realized I didn't have room for it in my backpack. And I didn't want to carry it, a Tupperware with me all day because it's like a glass Tupperware I'd made this like big nice salad in. And I'm like, I really don't want to carry this all day. It's going to suck. And so I just didn't. And then I just like vending machined my way through the day, which is terrible and not how you should live your days. But 
it is important to consider these things Mm -hmm. because it makes my Tuesdays so much shittier. Like a 13-hour workday is already kind of terrible, but not having time or resources to actually eat decent food makes it so much worse. But we'll we'll find a way to get around it. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to find the way to fix my lunch problem, my lunch dilemma this this semester. Last semester, time to do it. Time to figure out how to eat lunch on a Tuesday. Do you have any ideas? Um I think I have a few ideas. But here's the problem, me being also still me. Hi. <laughs> I, uh, Hello. Hi. How's it going? I I don't like packing my lunch in like disposable things because single-use plastic is bad for the planet and then i feel a lot of guilt and i am scared about climate change so i'm like i don't want to bring just like plastic bags and then throw them out so i think they just need a more compact meal (laughs) or if you could just get collapsible yeah like i've seen like collapsible tupperwares before but i think i just like i planted the salad's not the way to go on a Mm -hmm. tuesday because salad needs space. Which you don't have. Which I don't have. So, like, sandwiches or wraps take up considerably less space. And mm-hmm. could be, therefore, be in a smaller Tupperware mm-hmm. that could slide into my backpack. So, I think I think next week, I'm going to try a sandwich. And see if that works out for me. I could also, like, use, a, like, a Ziploc and then reuse it. Cause I like then I feel less terrible about it because that would mm-hmm. take up really minimal space if I if I just have a ziploc in there. This is true. Or get a reusable ziploc, but they're expensive and I'm broke. So. What about just one of those pencil pouches? You just <laughs> clean it really well. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So that's why it's important to put everything into like a calendar where you can actually see it. Cause like and and again me being me <laughs> i uh, i really have a tendency to not take into account how much time it takes to exist as a human being with basic human needs like sleeping and eating and like not working and so i'll fill up my schedule until there's literally no time to breathe or like see my friends or like take a nap or do my homework even mm. so like it's important that's why like as although that like four hours per credit thing doesn't actually work out it kind of works out when you also take it into account like 12 to 15 hours of of like a paying job because i think for me it works out like based on how i work through homework it works out to more like two to three hours per credit mm-hmm. vaguely depends on what i'm taking that semester and like how efficient i am and how well i am doing <laughs> emotionally but yeah and then depending on again how like how many sections of one course your department offers you may inevitably end up getting railroaded into a super early morning class yeah like i know this happens to you a bit oh man your music stuff with my music stuff i have had 9 a.m classes three days a week for Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. and then and then our physics courses would be at like 8 30 a.m the other two days like last semester was all 8 30s yep because a lot of the recent astro courses have also been 8.30. And I think there's a habit for people to, to shy away from early morning classes. And, you know, I don't really have that much of a problem with it as long as you adjust the rest of your schedule accordingly. And that's often not something that happens. Yeah. Like, like an 8.30 sucks if you're still staying up till 2 a.m. Yes. 
But if you like adjust your whole sleep schedule backwards and make sure you're making time for that to wake up at like 6 or 7 a.m., then an 8.30 is not that bad. You get your coffee, you enjoy the daylight <laughs> when you can get it, and it's not that bad. Like, I kind of, I, I'm not going to say I prefer an 8.30 a.m. Because, like, I don't. But I do like being up and out of the apartment before, like, 9 or 10 a.m. Yeah, it always nice. feels good to get going in the morning. Yeah, I like, I kind of liked our quantum classes. As horrible as an 8.30 a.m. quantum mechanics lecture sounds, like, there was a camaraderie in it, too. Mm. You all, you're all there. You've all got your coffee. It, it was one thing for it to be nice to get going in the morning. It was another thing to be fully aware in the class that early in the morning (laughs) especially when the homeworks took like 10 hours each yeah and would force you to be up till three in the morning yeah for that class that's (laughs) the lecture is at 8 30 yeah i don't remember it was at 8 30 i i remember that semester i had i had four upper division physics classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, all of which had problem sets due on Thursdays. And they were one right after the other. One right after the other, no breaks in between. It was literally like 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. just straight, and you had to go through. And I had, if I didn't jump on my homework by like Friday night or Saturday, uh, I would end up, just the way my the rest of my schedule worked, I would end up with all of it to do on Wednesday and I would knock it off of like my music classes and my work until like when was it like like I think 1 p.m or 2 on Wednesday and then I'd start my four like three problem sets in a lab report (laughs) and it was just some of the worst things I've ever done I'd stay up until like 4 a.m and I'd be so stressed and panicked and it was so bad for me although it does help if one of those courses (laughs) end up being so bad they don't pay attention in it yeah because then you just do homework in that one this is true like how many well when we went (laughs) how many hours of thermo was spent doing quantum this is true i ended up like readjusting my schedule so that my thermo lectures were time to finish problem sets for other courses that i hadn't done including Mm. thermo itself yeah because I'd, I'd run out like as if I were going to the bathroom in thermo, but actually be printing the thermo homework that was due that day. <laughs> but no one wants to live like that. That's a terrible way to go through your semester of just like constantly like just playing catch up and being like, okay, I can finish this in these 30 minutes I have to eat lunch. And you're like shoving spoonfuls of soup in your mouth while typing with your left hand to check yep. your reports in time. There's no way to live. <laughs> no way to enjoy college. It's not really the ideal college experience. So... I don't know. I I like I'd like to say that I try and plan to like exist as a human in my schedule. But like I don't as much as I should. I did I dropped a course this week. Nice. I dropped my nuclear course and I'm like weirdly proud of myself for it. I'm surprised. I know. Because it put me at 19 credits my last semester of college and I decided no. <laughs> I don't have to do that. Anymore. I don't have to do that anymore. I've gotten into graduate school. I like, yes, I am interested in nuclear physics and would like to learn it and will potentially still go to the lectures or like at least read the textbook because the textbook is Griffiths. Oh, so like, oh, nice. I might, I might just read the textbook on my own time, but like, I don't need to go to an eight thirty lecture 
and do problem sets on top of what I already have to do, which is like labs and problem sets and my thesis mainly mm-hmm. is going to be what's occupying a lot of my time this semester. So, you know, I don't, I don't need to be doing that to myself. And like, especially with traveling and everything, like I'm, I'm proud of myself for dropping a course, but I'm also constantly talking myself into why I've dropped this course to convince myself it's okay. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's okay. Like you have these 19 reasons to drop the class. And, and like, talking myself through so I don't, like, convince myself that I'm quitting. Mm-hmm. I'm not quitting. <laughs> I'm just... I mean, it's not like this will be your last chance to ever I learn know. that. I know. And I feel like it's you. It's easy to talk yourself into that in college, being like, oh, if I don't, if I don't learn Japanese now, when will I ever learn? <laughs> and then you're yeah. in another class. And, I mean, maybe that's just, like, me as, like, a total dweeb who loves to learn new things. <laughs> but, like... I, I, I very much talk myself into that, oh, like, college is the time to learn things. If you don't learn it now, it's going to be so much harder to make time to learn it later, which in in some ways is true. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, you're you're in the kind of academic momentum, and it's easy to keep that going versus when you're already in the workforce and you're trying to make time to learn something new. Like, when you get home from work, it's going to be way harder. So, it's easy to convince yourself to take more classes just for like the fun of taking a course that you've always, well, I've always wanted to learn this and I've always wanted to do that. But like, you're not going to learn much if you're just like killing yourself every night to get your problem sets done or finish your lab reports or write that paper. So, But on the complete flip side of things, if you're just like coming in for your first semester and kind of getting used to the way college classes work and the way like the whole block scheduling works. It, you could end up in a trap where you have too much free time <laughs> because it's totally unlike high school where you spend the entire day in school doing mm. stuff. You know, you might spend three hours in the morning and then not have anything for the rest of the day. So you might just say, ah, fuck it. I'm going to go sleep and play video games. I've never had a semester like this. <laughs> <laughs> Are you speaking from experience? Because I don't have that experience. I'm just saying it's possible. It's possible. I've heard tell. I've heard a rumor that some people can sleep in the middle of the day in college. Well, you and I are a little different because we are pretty, and I'm not like going to say anyone's not, but we're pretty dedicated to our studies and hmm. that that's our main priority. Yeah, we're big nerds. Yeah, we're big nerds. Yeah. So So that kind of railroads us into following our schedule and, you know. Yeah, priority managing 1 managing our time. Priority 1 is get all your coursework done. Priority 2 is literally everything it takes to exist as a human being. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually wait, no. Hmm. Priority 1 is do the minimum to still get A's in your courses. Priority two is do your research. Priority three is do the rest of the work you need to do for your courses. And then priority four is everything else it takes to be a human being. Does that sound right? Mm. <laughs> As you get toward the end of your career, you could switch three and you, four. You could switch three and four a little bit. Yeah, it depends. This is probably the first semester where research has actually been my priority yeah where like i find myself doing that first as mm-hmm. opposed to like a homework or whatever yeah but i still run into the problem where like i'll, I'll let's say my meetings are on wednesdays now yeah so i have a great meeting on wednesday and i'm like great feeling great 
projects. It's rolling, mm. doing good. And then I'm like, all right, I'll take Thursday off just to chill. Mm. And then like Friday comes and the weekend I'm busy. And then I find myself on Monday being like, oh, crap. I got a meeting on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. I got to actually do something. And then, you know, you do more and more. And then the night before the meeting, you're completely pulling an all-nighter, <laughs> trying to get some data to show. And then it just repeats as a cycle. Yeah. Yeah, I have a very bad habit of procrastinating. Not procrastinating my research, but because my coursework takes priority, I always end up too close for comfort yeah. to my research meetings to actually, like, get meaningful results. But... It's like, it's one of those things where, like, you have to eventually switch that mindset of, okay, research is more important than than completely finishing this problem set perfectly, or, like, finishing this lab report, or, like, you know, one thing or the other, but but it's, it's hard to break from that. I'm still of the mindset of, okay, homework first, then I'll have time for research. But, like, on the weekends, when I have, like, full control over my own schedule, I will prioritize my research. Like, that's the first thing I do. And it becomes a lot easier once you become a senior and your grades aren't as important. <laughs> when you're my age. <laughs> so... When you get to our level of experience. Yeah, our expertise. Because in the first few years, yeah, your grades are really important because yeah. that's what's going to get you to the next level if you're choosing to go to grad school or do some other program. Mm. Like, if you're going in straight into a job, it's not as important. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I don't know. We're not going to come from that camp. <laughs> we should probably talk to someone that wants to get a job. <laughs> yeah. What must that be like? That would help. Maybe next week. <laughs> um, But, yeah, like, once you have that set. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, shit. I'm proud to announce. Fuck. <laughs> I got into a grad school. <laughs> I got into grad school literally like 20 minutes after we finished recording last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I took the call in your bedroom. Yep. Right was... right by our, our esteemed recording studio. I should have kept the mics on. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. Yeah. Like a leaked conversation. A leaked conversation of I not getting I could have took the collar through the mic. <laughs> Hey, you're on the podcast. How can I help you today? That would be fascinating, if only. It'd be an interesting social experiment. Yeah, you got into grad school. Look at that. And then I got rejected from one today. Uh, But I really care anymore. It doesn't matter once you get into one. Yeah. And you got into a good one. I got into the University of Arizona. Hey, it's one of of your top boys. Is, if not, because I don't really, I didn't really, like, number order them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is definitely, if not the top, like the top three, yeah, at yeah. least. That's so exciting. And it's Arizona. You're going to see so many things in the sky. Like aliens? <laughs> like, like stars. <laughs> because it's not Long Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not light pollution There's everywhere. so much less light pollution. It's a lot drier. Mm. And... Do you have less cloudy nights? Yeah. Well... Apparently, they have monsoons in the summer. Yeah. And huge thunderstorms, which I'm high-key excited about. I love, like, desert summer rain. Like, it was my favorite thing about being in Texas this summer is the hot rain. And it just pours down, and you get, like, the coolest lightning and thunder and shit. And it just, like, fucking drenches everything, and then it dries up in, like, six hours because it's so hot. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I really, I really love that whole like region. I know you're gonna like it. I'm excited for you. I'm excited going to visit in March. Woo! 
which is I'm so thankful it's during spring break. Yeah. The visit. But I think it's really good timing. <laughs> I'm, but also sad because then it means I'm not going to do anything like, like party. leisurely for I my mean, last spring break. It's a little bit leisurely. It is leisurely, but it's different. Yeah, yeah. You're still thinking about your future yeah, a lot. Yeah, I'm not like going out with my friends and doing something cool. I mean, meanwhile, I'm going to Ireland, turning off like all my internet access and just like existing. Yeah. And if any grad school tries to schedule a visit at that time, I will say no. <laughs> so I'm like, look, I need this for me <laughs> to just go on hikes in the hills. You can come hike with me in Arizona. I know. It's on our it's on our like to do list. So uh one thing I thought was funny is that the Bills play Arizona's football team next year. So my dad was recently at the family Super Bowl party and he like told everyone the news, whatever. And now he's planning this whole trip where if I do choose to go to Arizona, they're all going to come stay with me to go to the game. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. What else have we covered? This feels like a weird topic to talk about because I feel like usually there's a lot more room for like general pontificating and like our opinions on shit. But most of it's like know what is required of you put them into a schedule <laughs> this is a very good workshop topic yeah it, it's, it's hard, hard to talk about it's hard to just like have a conversation about building your schedule but i don't know like especially because we don't get much choice mm -hmm. we just kind of do what's best or what's required of us and then a little bit extra because we're extra but like I don't know. I've, I've been very lucky that like I have a music theory minor, which is like weird and it's not commonly paired with physics, but I have very rarely had a scheduling conflict with the two, which is like, I don't even know how that's possible, <laughs> but it's worked out nicely. My schedule this semester, like it's not perfect, but it kind of works out really nice mm -hmm. where I've got like enough time to work a good, like long shifts at work to make money to live. And, like, I, I ex except for Tuesdays, which are my 13-hour days, but except for Tuesdays, I, like, finish at 4 or 5 every night, and then I get to go home and do homework and research, <laughs> which is so nice. Like, I know that just sounds like a bare minimum, <laughs> just to, like, <laughs> only work from 9 to 5. It's like, oh, my God, I only have to work from 9 to 5 before I come home and do more work. But, like... <laughs> I've had so much worse that now it feels yeah. really lovely. Because whether or not you're doing work, it's always nicer to do it at home. Yeah. I'd so much rather get home at, at like, 2 p.m., but then stay up till, like, midnight doing work in my apartment with my friends mm -hmm. than, than be out on campus and be, be doing work in the library. Or, I mean, some people like that. It's like it's nice if you know your own like study skills, like where you study best. Because if your schedule leaves a bunch of like, I have a bunch of like hour, hour and a half gaps in my schedule on a couple of days this week, this year, and it's just short enough that it's not really worth coming back to my apartment. Mm. And so I have to find places to like actually get work done on campus, and I'm not that good at that. I'm not very good at getting work done when I'm out. Mm. See, on the opposite, I love. I'm a huge library person. Yeah. I love, like, finding a little spot to hunker down and then, like, quickly cranking something out, whatever you have to do. Yeah. And then I always find that I can focus a lot better when I have a different scenery around me. Mm. Like, a lot of the times, especially during finals week, 
I'll like wake up and sometimes I'll just like start with my day studying like in my bedroom and then I find myself like on my phone all the time slacking off so Mm -hmm. I like force myself to walk on over to the library and then I'm able to actually do what I want to do and then when I start like slacking off there I'll come back yeah I like I value a change of scenery but I don't want to work during my change of scenery does that make sense like if I start getting antsy while I'm trying to do work in my apartment I go for a walk without my work and then for like an hour or two hours and then I come back and then I work more mm-hmm. like it's it's better for me to instead of just changing where I'm working like changing what I'm doing and taking an actual break mm-hmm. than than just going to work somewhere else like sometimes I've had I've had productive times working elsewhere and like within my apartment I'll move from like my desk in my room to the common room <laughs> a big change of scenery there but like you know I'll change who I'm working with and like what music I'm working to. But I, I try and not work for so long at, in one sitting that it really becomes a problem. And I, like, I'm trying very hard to not, like, work myself into a place where I need to be doing work for, like, 10 hours in a row. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to be productive. But And that all largely depends on, like you said, the kind of person you are and yeah. what works best for you. Hmm. And sometimes it's a little hard to figure out. Yeah. So you just got to try new things. I've tried so many new ways of like studying and shit because I didn't need study skills in high school. Yeah. (laughs) So now that I'm here, I'm like, okay, how do we actually study for exams? And how do we actually like get work done? Because all the work that I had done in high school that had been like big hunker down kind of work had been very self-motivated like none of the work that i was actually required to do as like a kid was the work that like would keep me up at night that is the work i did for a little bit until it was done and then i like worked on my own little fun project forever which is like big nerd hours but like now that i have like required work that is not trivial (laughs) and and you know it's, it's actually challenging I had to, I had to, it took, it took a few semesters of like toying around and I think I'm still figuring it out in a lot of ways, what, what actually works best for me and how, how I learn best, mm-hmm. but it's different for everyone. So you gotta, you gotta experiment and figure out what, what works for you. It's even different, like within yourself, depending on the time of year and yeah. how you're feeling. Yeah, no, I have to like depending on like my state of mind i have to plan my day so differently Mm -hmm. and like there are days where i can do more work and days where i can't and and during like during the winter i know i can't go on walks as much so i have to find like other ways to like get out and Mm -hmm. and such and make sure i'm scheduling time to see my friends more because i know in the winter i'll be more sad generally Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like all that shit it's just a matter of knowing yourself and I think everyone figures it out in time. Just how much time depends on how much you experiment with it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And also, really, the resources you have yeah. oh, on yeah. campus. Yeah. <laughs> Are you trying to whistle? Can you whistle? Oh, that's the worst. Oh, we've been through this. Yeah. Then I kick off one of the episodes with my wonderful whistling. Oh, my God. You know, I had to sit in a lab for three hours today with a power supply that had, like, this really high-pitched squeal, and I think it's majorly contributing to how tired I am now, because I think I just, like, 
I put up with it for so long. It takes so much energy it to deal with so it. It took so much out of me that now I'm just wiped. <laughs> I'm done. That's such a shame. I know. I have so much work to do. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, luckily my meeting today got pushed back to tomorrow, mm. which is also kind of bad <laughs> yeah. because I was like super ready to crank out everything else I needed to do and then have the meeting today. But then when it got postponed, I just didn't do any of that. Now I don't have time to do it <laughs> between now and tomorrow. Oh, no. My my meeting got pushed forward from Friday to Thursday. Mm. And so I have so much less time than usual. I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. ah, don't like that. I don't like that at all. Are you more of a midweek or end of the week meeting kind of person? Um, hmm. Right now, I have two meetings a week. So I have a group meeting on Tuesdays and then a one-on-one on Fridays. I I like I kind of like having that structure of both having having a reason to do work over the weekend, like a, a more immediate motivator, mm-hmm. and then still having that check-in at the end of the week. Like I I come out of research meetings with so much motivation. That I generally don't act on because my meetings are usually like at night. Yeah. So I feel like I I don't come out of my meetings and immediately work on them, but I am motivated. And so having that to drive me through the rest of the week is good. Yeah, so so we mostly covered everything we wanted to talk about this week because we were answering our listener question. (laughs) I think it would be productive to put out some sort of little walkthrough guide. Yeah. Mainly targeted for freshmen and youths yeah the youths Babies. people who aren't seasoned with you know making their own college schedule and blocking everything and like knowing where to figure things out i want to i feel like i should probably maybe i'll post it on our instagram what how i schedule things in my calendar because mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of people don't take full advantage of google calendar and it's mm-hmm. choice i love google calendar i use it for literally everything and like keeping it's it's essentially my like my planner or my agenda that you keep in like in high school but it's all in google calendar and it's color-coded and it's cute and it's like very organized and i depend on it a lot actually because it's like on my phone and on my computer and it's nice and it's pretty and so that's always the most important aspect yeah it's gotta be cute yeah otherwise you don't want to look at it every day yeah Honestly, like, the, uh, why why do you think so many people want, like, cute planners, like, pretty stationary? Because then you're going to look at it more. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have an ugly-ass planner, like, you're not going to want to open it and write down what you have to do for the day. It's just how it goes. Yeah, I feel like I'm shit at, like, day-to-day planning. I'm not very good at it. Like... Like, I know a lot of people will, like, do block scheduling of, like, what they're going to do. Like, oh, for these two hours, I'm going to be doing this homework assignment or for these. But I'm very much, like, I'll just go through, like, my scheduled things for the day, like, my classes generally. And then once those finish, I'm like, okay, what do I need to have for, like, the next few days? And what's the priority in that? And then I make a plan from there. Yeah, but it's, I never plan ahead. I'm the same way. Yeah. Like, I know people who, unless they put something on a schedule, they won't do it. Mm-hmm. But usually, yeah, I go through, like, I only have really, like, my classes and then scheduled meetings on my calendar. Mm -hmm. And then I have an additional list of things I need to get done, like the homeworks and 
different assignments and such. Mm. And then whenever I do get a free time, I'll go to that list and like kind of mentally prioritize it. Yeah, triage. Yeah, like think about like what I have time to do, what I need to do first, what I feel like doing at the time. Yeah, I feel like I rely far too much on like just keeping it all straight in my head because I don't like I, I write down assignment due dates vaguely but like i like i have a google calendar for that Mm -hmm. but um i don't i don't keep to-do lists or or write anything down i know a lot of people keep like stickies on their desktop and then usually for classes you'll get into a pretty regular homework schedule so you just know what's up yeah and then there's that one week that throws everything off yeah and it's hard right now because it's the like the second week of the semester yeah and so i still don't know really what the regular rhythm of everything's gonna be mm-hmm. so when i get free time i'm like okay what goes here yeah because i feel like it will it will sort itself out more as as we kind of get used to the new routine but i'm really like okay is this a time that i should be doing research or am i gonna have like problem sets or lab reports here later and i just don't yet because it's early all that kind of shit mm-hmm. so we're still figuring it out anything else um i don't it's weird because because we're recording on wednesdays i feel like i just edited the last episode and so it feels very close to my brain so i feel like there's no updates <laughs> does that make sense like yeah, I, yeah we record on wednesdays i edited on saturday this week friday or saturday saturday and then i like listened again to it on sunday to make sure everything was okay before releasing it so i feel like i just i just heard us <laughs> We, we just did the last one, even though it's been a week. So I feel like there aren't really many updates, but I mean, my plant's still dying. It's still, it's still dying. I'll probably, I might bite the bullet and just repot something else into that pot soon. I don't know. Um, we have new little uh, episode title card things, little episode art we're working on. So if you see if you see this episode on your on your Spotify or on your iTunes or what have you, it might have some new little art up on there that we're working on for no reason because I had too much time on my hands <laughs> uh, this past week because it's the first week of the semester so I've just been like looking for work to do, but enjoy that I'll I'm sure I'll hate doing it <laughs> in like Is two weeks. Is this why you're trying to offload it to me? Maybe I mean maybe. But it's cute, and I hope you guys Does all like it. Nice. Um, we're working on a website. <gasps> Should we tease that? Yeah, why not? Yeah, we're working on a website. Again, I don't have a full schedule yet, and we, I don't have any like work-life balance, so I just look for work to do whenever I'm not busy. So I learned HTML this weekend <laughs> to work on a website for us, and it's coming along nicely. There's There's some things... Um, I'm stuck on, I'm hoping for a CompSci friend to come help me this weekend, hopefully. But we're, we're working on a website. It's cu- coming soon to the a browser near you. <laughs> um, but I wanted HTML and some CSS for kicks. Just for fun. You <laughs> yeah. Know. Now that's the thing I know. Well, it could be useful. It could be know, useful. If you ever yeah. have to build a website. If, if you ever need a website... Yeah, so so keep an eye out for our our, our website launch. Do, 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 do. I don't know. I don't know how fascinating a website's gonna be at this point. If you if you follow us on our social media, 
you kind of already know what's up with the podcast, but this is for outreach and such. We will come up with many interesting things that are will be exclusive to our Exclusively, website. Exclusively. Oh, for a yearly subscription of $5,000, you can get access to our website. <laughs> I'll just... Uh, Patreon only. Depending on what my student loan payment is that month is our varying subscription costs. <laughs> oh my god, I was doing some budgeting today. Oh no. Trying to imagine what my life would be like at grad school. Oh no. And I'm like, wait a minute. How much do I pay in loans? <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta start paying loans soon. Yeah. We're doing I think okay since since we're at state schools like our our debt is not going to be the things could be a hundreds lot of thousands that's one of the bright sides about not getting into ushai do people is, call it ushai i call it ushai i don't know if anyone else does ushai is i've never heard that before is that tuition here is one third of the price of it there <laughs> yeah. for undergrad which having gone through undergrad I am a little more lenient to the argument that it doesn't matter as much where you go. Yeah. Yeah, I I still I find myself getting stuck of the in like the mindset of like especially since we've just gone through another admissions process of like, oh, you want to go to like a big school so that you got the prestige behind you. It really doesn't fucking matter. Stony mm-hmm. Brook's great. Mm-hmm. We've gotten a pretty exceptional education here. And then especially talking to all different kinds of advisors and committee members at mm-hmm. all these grad school and their admission committees, like, there's nothing but a lot of praise for Stony Brook. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. I've had people come up and shake my hand because I've been to Stony Brook. <laughs> yeah, two oh. of the people who first reached out to me from Arizona were Stony Brook grads. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we just wanted to, you know, reach out to you because we also went yeah. through that. It's a, it's a great community. Yeah. There's there's some, like... It's weird to think start thinking of yourself as an alumni. <laughs> Well, you you are not an alumni. <laughs> I don't want to go through this again. Four years of Latin, Matt. <laughs> Four years of Latin, and I know that you, as an individual, are not an alumni. You are an alumnus, and I am an alumna, and it is fine. <laughs> so are we alumni? We would be alumni. <laughs> Though we are not because we have not graduated yet. We are future alumni. We are- we are future alumni because we are a a group of mixed gender. <laughs> Therefore, we are alumni with an I. So what a, what about a group of males? A group of males is still alumni with an I because a of patriarchy. A group of females. It's alumni with an A-E. Alumni? Alumni. It's still pronounced alumni because of Latin. Is it the one where the A and the E are connected? Yeah, I think so. Weird. Yeah. I'm just saying, I took four years of Latin, and I remember that much, and it bothers me when people get it wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one else has any idea. Yeah. <laughs> In case you haven't heard, Latin's kind of dead. It's a little bit of a dead language. It's fun, though. The more you know. The more you know. <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> what were we talking about? Scheduling? <laughs> Latin tangent. It's fine. I don't know, man. Yeah, so that was a uh, our first uh, listener suggestion. Is that what you call it? A listener? Yeah, listener suggested topic. This was the first episode that was primarily driven from a listener request. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hope 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 that answers <laughs> your, your question. <laughs> I don't know. Um, website soon ish, depending on how my weekend goes. <laughs> um, and follow us on our socials. Before that. If you're not already. If you're not already. If you're not already. You're, you're, you're missing, missing out, out, out with our good, like, occasional Instagram story and maybe a tweet or two. Tweet, tweet. <laughs> I'm ignoring that. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you next week. Bye.